Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. This is the pre-med year, session number 294. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. And welcome to The Pre-Med Years, session 294. We're closing in on 300 We're going to do some fun stuff for 300, so stay tuned for that. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining me. If this is your first time, then you should probably subscribe so that you get these podcasts every week. Now, you can subscribe if you're on an iOS device through Apple Podcasts. If you are on an Android device, Google has finally released a Google Podcasts app, which you can download from the Play Store, and that's Google Podcasts in the Play Store. You can listen to all of the podcasts there. You can also listen on Spotify if you're on Android or iOS, as well as a bunch of other channels that you can listen on. If you're listening to this before August 21st, which is when the release date of my next book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement, comes out, then I would love for you to go pre-order it on Barnes & Noble. I'm talking slow, so you understand. <laughs> go go uh, pre-order uh, at Barnes & Noble and submit the receipt to me at submitbookreceipt.com and I will give you access to over $150 of goodies. So one is a, a five-day course that I did with students, a personal statement course where we break down their personal statements and they ask a lot of questions and it'll give you access to a private Facebook group where we're doing, we're going to be doing some Facebook lives in there every other week and uh, some other stuff. You'll also get access to five recordings of calls that I've done with students, the personal statement starter package calls where a student comes on the phone with me and I ask a lot of questions to try to figure out what they should be writing about, right? I dig deep. A lot of students uh, think they need to write about one thing, and after the discussion, they're like, oh, I really should be write, talking and writing about this other thing. So you get five of those recordings as well. And then you'll get the PDF version of the book so that you can take it on the go with you. Uh, you'll have your your book for the shelf and then the book for your digital device. So go pre-order. Again, that's at Barnes & Noble, the paperback version, pre-order right now before the date of August 21st. All right, with that, Today, I'm answering a bunch of questions. I put out a call in our Facebook group, the Pre-Med Hangout, 
And the Pre-Med Hangout is a group, a free group that you can join on Facebook. And I say free because Facebook is trialing the ability to charge for group access. I don't think I'll ever charge for the Hangout. Never say never, but as of right now, I'm, I'm not charging. I don't have access to be able to charge right now, but they're trialing it with some groups. Uh, there's over 5,500 students in there, collaborative students doing their thing. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram. I just passed 7,000 followers, which is awesome. I have a little Instagram counter in on my shelf, and uh, it's at 7,057 right now as I look at it. I had to turn my head to look at it. All right, I'm Medical School HQ on Instagram, by the way. So let's go ahead and dive into these questions. I flagged a lot of them to answer, so we're going to go pretty quick through them to get you the the most value out of this Q&A podcast today. So we start with Magnus, who asks, can you discuss the most common mistakes students make preparing for interviews and during the actual interviews? How can we avoid these mistakes? Thanks. So number one, right, the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview is the best-selling interview book on Amazon. So go and check that out. It's, I think, six bucks, seven bucks for the PDF version or the ebook version. Uh, and 14, 13, 14, 15 bucks for the paperback version. Go to your library, go to your pre-med advisor and ask and see if they have the book. I was just at a pre-med advising conference and gave out over 100, I think I gave out 180 of each of my books, the personal statement book, the interview book, and the MCAT book. So maybe your advisor has a copy of it and you can get it for free. Check out your library, wherever uh, you can get a book for free. See if you can get the book through there. So that's number one. That's how that's how to get a solid foundation. Number two, go and listen to previous podcast episodes that I've done. I've done a lot of podcast episodes about interviewing, starting it back at episode 19, where I interviewed the former dean of admissions at three different medical schools, Dr. Wagner. And we talked all about interviewing and mistakes that are made and what the interviewers are looking for and so much more. The most common mistake is not preparing for the interview. You need to prepare for the interview. You can learn skills preparing for the interview. Those skills are going to help you whether you prepare one month, six months, one year before your interviews. Those skills are going to help you be prepared for your medical school interview. You're going to learn how to talk about yourself. You're going to learn how to handle the stress of the situation. You're going to learn how you respond to that situation. Do you sweat a lot? Do you have nervous tics? Do you whatever? You have to figure out how you're going to respond. So that's the biggest mistake is not preparing enough. And it's a very easy solution, right? Go and do mock interviews. Go find your advisor. Go find the career counselor. Whoever you have access to, use them. If you don't have access to somebody, try to find somebody. If you still can't find anybody, you can go to medicalschoolhq.net You can uh, go to our medical school interview question generator where it's just a website, uh, a webpage on our site, and you choose a topic or any topic, and you click uh, ask me a question, right? And it just throws up a random question. And then you can just practice, uh, and you don't know what questions are coming, so it kind of keeps you on your toes. If you like that and you want to take it up a notch and you want to record yourself so that you can give yourself feedback, you can email it to somebody for feedback then you can use our mock interview platform, which is $47 a month. And that is very similar. 
It's videos of me asking you questions. So it's it's a person in front of you asking the question. And then your webcam, whether it's your on your phone or the webcam on your computer, records you for up to a certain number of minutes. And you can then review your answer. That's the best way to prepare is recording yourself so that you can give yourself feedback or somebody else can give you feedback. So that's something to check out. But that's the biggest mistake, not preparing. It's a very easy solution. Go prepare. Ellie asks, what is the best way to address essay and interview questions asking you to explain a weaker portion of your application? More specifically, how do you recommend an applicant can reassure admissions committees that the mistake, quote unquote mistake, won't be repeated and doesn't define the applicant without sounding unprofessional or losing confidence. For example, in the case of a poor grade or weaker GPA. So here's the biggest thing. When you have the ability to talk about mistakes in your application, whether it's in an essay, your personal statement, or during an interview, always, always, always offer up either what you've learned from it and or what you've done to fix it so that it's not a problem in the future. So a very common thing that students have a problem with when they're in medical school or when they're in undergrad is that they take on too much, too many credits, too many clubs and organizations, and they fail to realize early enough that they are overextended and they have time management issues and they have organization issues. And so as you are talking about this stuff, you say, from this experience, I learned that X, Y, Z so that in the future, it won't happen again, right? So you you need to throw that solution in there. Whenever you're talking about personality flaws, whenever you're talking about like greatest weaknesses, whatever it is, Always offer up what you have done, what you are doing to correct the issue so that it's not a problem in the future. If you only talk about why it's a problem and and what happened, then of course the the question is going to come up like, okay, are you are you doing anything to fix it? Are you are you bound to make the same mistakes over and over and over again? Is that going to be a recurring theme? So always, always, always provide that extra step. Brody asks, as a financially independent student, how do you balance working full-time and going to school full-time? How do you manage to pay for all the fees associated with applying to medical school? Are there any programs to assist pre-med students with the medical school application process? So I'll answer the first one, or the last one first. The uh, AMCAS and ACOMIS both have fee assistance programs. They have limited number of funds every year, and so it is on a first-come, first-served basis. So it behooves you to apply earlier, right? This is this is medical school applications 101. Whether you're looking for the fee assistance program or you're just looking to get into medical school, the earlier you apply for it, the better. So with fee assistance programs, you get reduced MCAT pricing, you get reduced uh, application prices, and uh, so much more. So check out the fee assistance programs if you're struggling financially. The one kind of caveat with the fee assistance programs is that they ask for your parents' income. And so a lot of students are like, I I haven't received any money from my parents in years. I'm estranged from my parents. I'm whatever, right? So it kind of throws a wrench in the whole process. And there, there is a process to appeal 
and and try to get your parents' income to not be a factor in the FAP determination. Uh, but that's a long process, uh, but it might be worth checking out. How do you balance working full-time and going to school full-time? You don't. It's just, it's chaotic and crazy, and you do what you need to do. The, the issues that come up with that is that there's probably no time to do everything else that you need to do, like shadowing and clinical experience and volunteering and being a good human being and maintaining relationships and being a good son or daughter and, and good spouse and good boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, Right? A lot of things get pushed to the side because you're working full-time, going to school full-time. So the question is, do you need to work full-time or do you need to go to school full-time? Can you stretch out the process a little bit by going to school half-time and kind of saving your sanity for a little while or go to school three-quarters time and use the extra hours for studying if you're struggling or... Um, for volunteering and clinical experience and all that other stuff, if you need that as well, which you do, uh, then then maybe slow down in that way. How do you how do you manage the cost of applying to medical school? I'm hoping to have a tool on the website at some point where it, it'll have a little slider how many schools you're planning to apply to and and what that cost looks like. Uh, so that will be there eventually. Hopefully, uh, I need. If you're a web developer and you want to help me with that, reach out to me, Ryan, at medicalschoolhq.net. Applying to medical school is expensive. If you apply to 20, 25 schools, you're looking at probably three or $4,000. How do you do that? You budget, right? If you're two years from applying, $4,000 divided by 24 months is however many dollars per month that you need to start saving. It's, It's simple budgeting. Or a lot of students will go out and get a a 0% interest credit card for 18 months, uh, that 0% interest, and they'll use a credit card to pay for everything up front with the hope of paying it off uh, in the future. Credit cards are dangerous for a lot of people. Uh, I know when I was going through undergrad and medical school, I had a lot of credit card debt. Luckily, I've, I've overcome that at this point, but uh, be careful with that if that's something you have an issue with. Susan asks, this might not be answerable, but something I see little data or statistics on is about medical students, interns, residents who don't graduate match complete their program. I'm assuming that some sort of exit interview is conducted. What are the primary reasons? Is it academic? How can we better prepare ourselves as pre-meds so we don't end up in that situation? If it's family issues, is there a common theme? I know depression and burnout are frequently mentioned, but they are positively correlated with those students who fail to uh, but are they positively correlated with those students who fail to thrive, match, or graduate? So interesting question. I don't have specific data on it. Um, I I know that the attrition rate, once a student is accepted to medical school, is less than 2% for the majority of schools out there in the U.S. If you're looking at Caribbean schools, the attrition rate is much higher because they are accepting a lot of students who probably shouldn't be accepted to medical school in the first place. In the U.S., attrition is very, very, very low, which is why applying to medical school is so hard. Schools are trying their best to figure out which students are going to be the most successful. And to do that, they need to find students who are going to, or they think they are going to be the most successful. They're the ones that are going to complete their coursework, complete their boards, et cetera, et cetera. Once you're a resident, then you're you're not dealing with academic issues anymore. Now you're dealing with the burnout, the stress, the the second thoughts of is this really what I wanted to do? 
What do those attrition rates look like? They're not very high still. They're there. They're still probably uh, in the in the single digits, low single digits percentage. Um, there are programs out there who are always looking for PGY2 spots because students drop out or they change residencies or uh, specialties, really. Um, so, so they're out there. Is there data on it? I don't know. It's a good question. If you want to do a little bit of research and, le- and let me know if there is data, it's maybe something I can talk about, maybe on specialty stories. Kate asks, how to politely tell your pre-med advisor at your university to pull their head out of the sand and listen to medical school HQ, listen to the pre-med ears. So it's, it's a funny question, but it actually is a very good comment. When I was at, I, I went to, I spent a lot of money, shipped a lot of books and traveled to Washington, D.C. for the National Association of Advisors of the Health Professions National Conference this year. So the first time I've been, I went to a regional one last year. First time I've been to a national conference. And my goal there was to get in front of pre-med advisors and say, look, right, collaboration, not competition. I'm not here to steal your students. I'm here to educate them so that they are better informed when they come and talk to you. Now, there are going to be advisors out there who still won't like that because they'll hear my message and they won't agree with it and they will just shut it down completely. There are a lot of advisors who love what I'm doing, right? Being the anti-three-letter website out there, Student Doctor Network, the anti-SDN. That's how I explained it to advisors. I said, I started this six years ago to be the anti-student doctor network, to put some some, uh, positivity into the pre-med process, to show that you don't have to compete with your classmate, to show that if you do work together and you are good enough students, you can both get into medical school. And so as long as you use that sort of language and don't go to your pre-med advisor and say, hey, look, you should recommend this podcast to students so that they don't need you, Right? You don't want to do that. But if you say, look, I, wa- I want to tell you about a resource that really prepares me to be able to come and talk to you and allows me to get more out of our one-on-one meetings. If you use that sort of language and you say, Dr. Gray started this six years ago to be the anti-student doctor network, a lot of advisors know what that is. And they'll be like, oh, yes, right? This happened to me over and over again at the conference. They're like, oh, thank God, Right? Thank you for doing that. It's needed. So use that sort of language with your advisors and uh, let me know if, if they can reach out to me. I can send them books. I can send them whatever they need. I'm here to help them do whatever. All right, a couple more questions here. We have one from Dina. How do we know what the applications ask before applying? Can we see them somewhere? So I'm assuming this is specifically talking about secondary applications, right? Because the, pr- the primary application is the same through and through every year for the most part, right? You have for AMCAS and ACOMIS, you have your personal statements answering why do you want to be a doctor? Same for TMDSAS. You have your personal statement, why do you want to be a doctor? TMDSAS has the optional essays. One is about how are you going to add to the educational value of others? And uh, that's a required essay. And then optional essay is kind of a a tell me about anything else um, in your life kind of question. That's the primary application. Secondary application, the the essay prompts that come with that, the questions that come with that. There are databases online. I am creating 
my own database of posts and, and resources for secondary applications. We're going through this right now on medicalschoolhq.net. I created a form that as you are applying, so if you're listening to this now, if you're listening to this in the future, if you are applying, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash secondary submission. That's medicalschoolhq.net slash secondary submission. And choose the school and submit the secondary for that school. And that will help us keep our secondary database up to date so that we can provide the most valuable resources to the students. So uh, that's really how you find out. It's through secondary da databases online, the TMDSAS. If you're applying to Texas schools, the secondary applications are through the actual medical schools' websites. You have to go to the websites, whereas AMCAS and ACOMIS, they mail you or email you the secondaries uh, or access to the secondaries. All right, last one here from Natalia. Is it a good idea to reach out to schools after you submit your secondary and before an interview to show you to show your interest? What's the best way to go about that? No. As you are going through this process, once you submit an application, you are kind of off limits for the most part for advice. So there's no point in reaching out post-secondary, pre-interview. Now, there, there are times where, like, it's been a while. It's been a couple months. Then maybe kind of a, a letter, of, uh, an update letter, depending on the school's rules of engagement. Every medical school has different rules of engagement through the application cycle. Do they want you to contact them? How do they want you to contact them? Some schools don't want any updates. Some schools don't want any contact. So follow the rules for each school. If you're clicking submit on your secondary and you're sending an email right after to say, hey, I just submitted my secondary, right? Don't do that sort of thing. But if it's been a while, possibly maybe if you have a big update and they allow updates, you can add that and, and say, hey, I'm still interested, blah, 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 blah. Right? The best is to reach out to the school before submitting your applications so that they have different rules of engagement because you're a pre-applicant and not an applicant and go with uh, uh, solid questions to ask uh, as you uh, reach out to them. All right. Again, all of these questions were taken from a post in the pre-med hangout. If you're not part of the hangout, go join. Just go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. Click on join the group and you will be added to that group. Again, pre-order the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school personal statement before August 21st. Submit the receipt from Barnes & Noble. Again, this is just Barnes & Noble paperback. Submit your receipt to submitbookreceipt.com and you'll get access to that personal statement course that I recorded over five nights with students. You'll get access to the five recordings that I did with students covering their personal statement and drawing out their personal statement. And you'll get access to the uh, the PDF of the book once the book comes out. And remember, with the course, you're also getting access to a Facebook group, a separate Facebook group, where we're going to continue to do Q&A and personal statement review and everything else every couple weeks in that specific group. You'll get access to that. So I hope you have a great week. I hope this Q&A was helpful for you. If you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes, let me know. 
and I'll see you later.